This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. Good morning, everyone. I'd invite you to grab your Bibles or your devices as we open up God's Word together. We'll be in Revelation chapter 21 this morning. So I'll give you just a moment to get to those places. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 7 says this. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Let's pray. Father God, we are grateful that we have your word, God, your revelation to us. Father, I do pray as we hear Pastor Paul expound on this in just a moment, Father, that you will allow these words to impact our hearts. Father, allow these words to to cut in the places that we need in our lives, uh, that that we need to cut away, Lord, that we need to find uh, you present. Father, I do thank you, God, that we have this place, God, where we can receive this. Lord, we don't take it for granted. Lord, we also think of those who can't be here with us this morning, God, who are home and maybe infirm. Father, I do pray that you would be with them this morning. Father, I pray that uh, they would feel uh, your presence with them. Lord, so as we open up your word even further now, Father, I do pray for Pastor Paul. I thank you for his ministry, Lord, for his study. And I pray, Father, that uh, his words will uh, really resonate with us this morning. Father, we thank you so much and we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a few things to remind you of. School is starting back up. Or it's maybe started back up. I don't know. Has school started? Some of it has. Or or Monday for sure, right? Monday for sure. What's that? Monday. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Do we have any teachers here? We have some te- Stand up if you're a teacher, or if, or if you work in the educational system. Oh, look at this. Okay. S- stay standing for a second here. Uh, s- yes, and we have some retired teachers as well. Thank you. If you're a retired teacher, stand up too. All right? And, we wanna, and if, if, you're a homeschool, if you're a homeschooler, like if, you're, if you teach homeschool, you're, you're a teacher too. Yeah, you are. You are. Wonderful. Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. 
as, as, you, as you impart this new school year. And thank you. Thank you so much for teaching our next generation. We appreciate you. Uh, this, this past Thursday, um, Queen Elizabeth II passed into eternity. And as, as a British overseas territory, we were blessed. We were blessed to be associated with a leader of such noble character and faith. Thank you, Lord, for the life of the Queen. Amen. Amen. Let's just, let's just pause in prayer for a moment. Father, we do, we do thank you for uh, our, our teachers that are represented here, both in the, the schooling systems, private, public, and, and in the homes as well. Bless them as they educate this next generation, and may they do so with, with love and with righteousness. Father, thank you uh, for, for the life of the Queen. Thank you for her example of leadership and her demonstration of faith. Father, we do pray for the king that he would be able to fill those shoes in the same way, in the same manner. Father, help us as we, as we look into your word now. We know it is profitable for all of this life and for the life to come. So help us to focus in now. Teach us through your spirit. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, today we begin a four-part series on anxiety. Quite nervous about this. <laughs> it's, it's, I've called it Hope for Anxious Hearts. Hope for Anxious Hearts. And this is a topic that has always been prevalent. Right? This isn't something new. Anxiety isn't something new, but it has become even even more prevalent with such things as the COVID-19 pandemic, maybe you've heard of that, uh, the, the war in the Ukraine, and, and, and maybe the economy and its rising inflation. And there's a whole bunch of other things as well. But we don't just live in anxious times. We also deal, we also deal with personal anxiety of different levels uh, because of our various circumstances that, that we might find ourselves in. We all have stuff, right? Stuff happen, happening in our lives and, and it rents space in our heads like an uninvited guest. So, some of you know a little more what I'm talking about than others. And, and so if maybe you're one of the people that like, I don't, I'm not sure what you're really talking about. I can't really relate to this. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. But, but, but stay tuned because you never know when this guest is going to come. Because he's uninvited. <laughs> but, but there's more. Others of us have anxiety that extends to everyday activities that, that many of us take for granted, like, like driving, 
or, or traveling, or maybe even just leaving the home. This anxiety is, is like an uninvited guest who has put a chain and lock over the door of our mind so, so we know he's not planning to leave anytime soon. What, what do we do with him? So I don't know where you kind of register on the anxiety meter, but I pray you'll find hope for wherever you're at, because there's hope even in the midst of anxiety. There's hope. But, but I don't want you to think that these four sermons will solve your problems. There is often, there's often needed counseling or perhaps even medication to help with the effects of anxiety. And if that is you, I just want to say, that's okay. That's, that's okay. You, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. We all need some help, and, and I want to provide just a little help through the word of the Lord. We're going to frame these messages around... Four questions. And the first question is, will you remember God? Will you remember God? When anxiety comes knocking at your door, will you remember God? Because here's the thing, we tend to forget God when that uninvited guest comes walk knocking. Now think, think of the reasons why we get anxious. Or maybe just think of the underlying reason why we get anxious. Anxiety is, is like a protection mechanism that keeps us from harm. It, it puts our guard up. It, it, causes, it causes us to, to, to fight or, or flight. It's all about self-preservation. See, our minds were designed toward protecting ourselves. I, I, remember, I remember being at my grandparents' house, which uh, after they retired, they, they lived in, a, in like a cottage community near a, near a lake. And, I, and I, I went down to the water one day and decided to climb on the, on the cliffs above the water, scale across them. I had not listened to my sermons on wisdom, because after a while, I became, I became tired. I became quite tired, and with that tiredness, I became more aware of my distance to the ground. And the, and the rocks and the water. And, and I looked up and I noticed that all along the top of the bank were, were holes. And those holes, I was told by my grandparents, were wasp holes. So that there was no going down. There was no going up. The only way I could do was continue on. But it was different as I continued on. I was, I was more nervous. I, I hugged that, the face of the cliff a little, a little closer. 
my, I made my steps a little more careful. This was the effect of anxiety. And those effects were good. Those effects kept me, kept me safe in my, in my tired state. It protected me. And that's, that's wonderful, but, but here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Too much of a good thing turns into a bad thing. When, when we focus on a good thing, it, it turns into an ultimate thing. And we are not ultimately designed for self-preservation. That's not what we're ultimately designed for. We were ultimately designed for relationship or communion with God. In, in our broken, fallen state as humans, and that's all of us, our communion with God is disrupted. Even if we have Jesus as, as our Savior. Because of that fact, we don't do well remembering God at the best of times. So when the worst of times are upon us, it seems like we have little hope. But that doesn't have to be the case. We can right now remember God and learn to keep him in our memory even if we feel anxious or maybe better said, especially when we feel anxious. Now, I'm not just talking about remembering God in general, as if like he exists, but in a specific relational way. We, we want to remember certain things about God so that when anxiety strikes, we remember the one we were designed to be in relationship with through Jesus Christ. If we focus on these facts about God, we will be ready to view our anxiety through the lens that he wants us to see through. So here are the three things we want to remember. God's power, God's presence, and God's plan. God's power, God's presence, and God's plan. So let's start with God's power. One, one, of the, one of the basic premises of God is that he is powerful. And I think, I think everybody has that sense. The Bible refers to God as, as almighty, which obviously indicates that he has all power. This is why the rhetorical questions are asked about God in regard to humanly impossible things. Is, is anything too hard for God? No, it's a rhetorical question. No, nothing is too hard for God. That was, that was asked of, of Abraham and Sarah in regard to the birth of their child. We're old. We can't have children. Is anything too hard for God? Or there's the direct statements. With God, all things are possible. That's what the angel said to Joseph regarding the birth of Jesus. 
When, when you couple the reality of God's power with God's rule or reign, you have what we call God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is God using his power over creation. So if God is all-powerful, then it follows that God is in supreme control. Nobody has the upper hand over him. Many scriptures clearly point to God's sovereignty. Here's, here's just two of my favorites. Daniel 4.35 All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? I love that verse. It's not that we're nothing. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that compared to God and what he can do, we are like nothing. My other favorite is Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases, or he does whatever he wants. God's, God's sovereignty is comforting. It's, it's like a warm blanket for your soul. We often think of sovereignty as a bad thing because We've seen the effect of dictators on, on people. But God is different. And that's because God is not only sovereign, but God is good. We have to hold those two facts together if we're to embrace God's sovereignty as a comfort. God is sovereign, and God is good. We're reminded of this in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. So for those who love God and for those who are called by God, that's every single gospel believer. For us, all things work together for good. And that would include whatever it is that's making you anxious. Or even that anxiety itself, apart from the cause. If, if something has happened in your life and it's making you anxious, God is using that for good in your life. Because he's sovereign and he's good. You might not know why you're anxious, why you're dealing with anxiety. God is using that for good in your life because God is sovereign and God is good. We will explore the, the good in more detail in a later sermon, but for now, I just want you to soak in that truth. That the uninvited guest of anxiety in your life was let in the front door by God.
that might not sit too well with you. But unless you embrace that uninvited guest as part of God's good plan, you, you will never know the reason why. So remember, remember God's power, and remember God is good, and embrace the anxiety that comes into your life. The second thing I want you to remember when it comes to God and the anxiety that comes into our life is his presence. His presence. Now, God is always present. Right? In that he's everywhere present. He's, He's omnipresent. But for the gospel believer, we don't just have the fact of his presence. We have a promise of his presence. Jesus told his disciples after the resurrection and before his his ascension, he said, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. These are the last words in Matthew's gospel. And they they begin with that attention word that we've mentioned before, behold. And whenever we see that word, it indicates to us that what follows is really important. So take note of this. This is important because when the angel announced the birth of Jesus to Joseph, he said, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God would soon be with humanity like never before in his miraculous coming, but when he left at his ascension, his presence would remain with the believers like never before. For the gospel believer, we never lose God's presence personally with us. Let me, let me just flesh this out with a biblical example from the life of Moses. God chose Moses to lead his people out of the slavery of Egypt into the promised land. And this was a job you would not want. And, and because it was full of anxiety. The, the, the people were not really favorable toward Moses and and the, the, the direction that he was giving through the Lord. While Israel was camped at Mount Sinai and Moses was up on the mountain receiving the law of God, the people were down below making an idol to worship. Moses Moses deals with that problem quite severely. And when it came time for them to leave Sinai, he he says this to the Lord in um, Exodus 33, verse 13. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, 
that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Moses asks for God's favor or, or God's grace. And God responds with a promise in verse 14. And he, the Lord, said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. See, Moses was was uncertain about moving forward with this this people. I mean, they they had just created a golden calf to worship. And and now he's going to lead them and and tell them to follow follow the Lord? This this wasn't real confidence boosting for him. And so he asks for grace to know God's way forward. And God doesn't give him a map But God gives him his presence. And with God's presence comes rest. Rest. Rest is is peace of mind, which is is far from what we think of when it comes to anxiety. But isn't that what we desire? We desire rest. But God doesn't give Moses a new people. So the problem and anxiety are still there. So so God gives Moses his presence, or more literally, my face. This is where Moses would see the afterglow of God's blazing glory. But it's described not in, in imagery, but in a proclaimed voice of God describing who he is. Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Did you hear what associated with God's presence not his power, right? That's not, that's not what's seen here. It's, it's not like blazing, fall over, ah, terrifying power, even though God has that. It's not his almightiness. But God's presence is associated with his mercy and grace, his patience and love and his marathon faithfulness to the end. And at this, Moses bowed his head to the ground and worshiped. And listen to what Moses says in in verse 9 of Exodus 34. And he said, If now I have found favor or grace in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, For it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. After hearing God's description of himself, he realizes just how much they need God's presence, because he and the people are stubborn and sinful. And that describes us too. 
When we experience anxiety, we need, we need everything God's presence is associated with. We need grace. We need mercy. We need love. We need patience. We need God's faithfulness. Because our anxiety, in our anxiety, we tend to forget God. He has never left us. God has never left us. Even if we feel scared or alone, even if we feel like God isn't there, when, when anxiety floods into your life, remember God's presence because it is there you will find the rest or peace of mind that you need in the midst of it. The final thing I want us to remember about God when facing anxiety is his plan. God has a plan. If you were to write your own plan for your life, it would not look like what God has written down for your life. That's because you would leave out all of the difficult things that make you anxious, right? I would. Our scripture reading was from Revelation 21 because it shows us the end of God's plan for humanity, for those who have trusted in Jesus Christ. We all like to focus on verse 4. I think that's like everybody's favorite. Because who doesn't, who doesn't want mourning, crying, and pain to be eradicated? Right? I'll vote for that one. But that's not the most emphasized things in this passage. And you know why I know that? Because of that word again, behold. The most emphasized things are found in the two behold statements in this passage. The first is in verse 3. Let me read it to you. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. God has a plan to dwell with us in a state where no more death or darkness exists. That is something to behold more than the absence of anxiety because that's what we were created for. Not self-preservation, but relationship with God. In the end, our greatest desire is fulfilled in God dwelling in his fullness with us and without the disruption that our former fallen state causes. The second behold statement is found in verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write these down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God is in the process of making all things new. And one day, it will be complete. 
This, this is what we have in this Revelation 21. We have the vision of it being complete. Isn't that great? The, the, the newness, that newness, that newness ends with, with no more dealing with anxiety because there will be nothing left that will cause us anxiousness. Will you remember that? Will you remember that one day you will not have to deal with anxiety any longer because God is making all things new? But that is, is not just something you can, you can look forward to right, in the future. That's also something that is in the works right now. For all who are in Christ... God has started that work in you. And part of that work is accomplished by welcoming the things in your life that cause you anxiety. That, that may seem cruel, but not if you remember that God has a plan. He's renewing you, and he is right there with you, giving you the grace, mercy, and love that you need. And he is able to work it all for your good in his great power. This is our starting point. This is our starting point to have hope for our anxious hearts. Remember God. Don't forget his power don't forget his presence, and don't forget his plan. Let us pray. Father, as, we, as we've considered this topic, Lord, and, and the scriptures that, that give us hope, we pray that this would lay the foundation for for what we're going to dive into ahead. Help us, help us to remember who you are in the midst of what we are dealing with. And help us to take some of these, these passages and, and commit them to memory in our hearts and minds so that we can draw on them at a moment's notice when that uninvited guest of anxiety sits on our couch. Thank you that we can trust you. And thank you that you have a plan for us through all of this. Please give hope where hope is needed. Through Christ alone, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.